When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time for our match preview. Newcastle take on Crystal Palace this weekend and it'll be a new name in the dugout. Well, a familiar face in Graham Jones. He takes temporary charge of Newcastle United after Steve Bruce left the club by mutual consent. A little bit late in the month for some, but nevertheless, Steve Bruce leaves Newcastle United after 97 games. It's 28 wins, 28 draws, and the rest were defeats. My maths isn't too good, so if I am wrong, don't write in, but it's around about those results. I'm joined by John Gibson. And John, the moment everyone expected after the takeover was complete has finally happened. Just give us your thoughts. Well, it was only a matter of time. Of that, there was there was no doubt whatsoever. Um, new owners always want their own men, but uh, Steve Bruce had never been accepted by the Newcastle United fans. The great worry we had was while we got rid of Ashley and that lightened the mood considerably, we did show against Spurs that fans were still angry that that Steve Bruce was here. There was chance against Steve Bruce in the second half. It did sour the situation. And quite frankly, his record at Newcastle has done nothing to keep him in the job. So it was only a matter of time. And the only thing I would say about it is um, we were expecting it more the Wednesday of the previous week before they played Spurs than the Wednesday of this week. But it has happened. It's cleared the decks, the major cull is over, which is Ashley goes, Bruce goes. Other people will follow in good time. Maybe they will be Lee Charnley, there will be Steve Agnew, there will be Steve Clements, and there will be other players who will go by the end of the, the season. But the two major planks that had to be removed uh, from the floorboard has been. Um, we'll talk about people who may come in and replace him. Of course, we will talk about Crystal Palace, as this is the point of this podcast. But you, John, had a very special seat on Sunday for Spurs for the first game of the new ownership. You were in the director's box alongside Supermark. Just give our listeners a bit of insight into what the day was like for you. Well, it, it was a wonderful day to start with. Um, the atmosphere in the ground was absolutely fabulous. Um the war flags out, the way these supporters were feeling lifted and completely free. That mood was inside St James's Park as well. All the old players were there, optimistic and, and buzzing. And we got off to the perfect start, didn't we? A goal in two minutes. Could we have expected or wanted or wished for anything better? Half-time, 1-3, um, because same old, same old. The only thing that had changed was the most important thing, the owners, but the manager hadn't changed at that stage and the players hadn't changed and the players did exactly what they've done all season, leak goals like confetti in the wind. And so it changed things, but it didn't change the, the mood of optimism long-term. It was a, a reality check that we almost didn't need because... We know 
how bad the team's been and we know how bad they've operated under Steve Bruce. Uh, but the atmosphere was good. I was reassured of several things by several people, um, one of which has come about, uh, which is the departure of Steve Bruce. And uh, we roll on. Uh, nothing can be done quick. Nothing can be done in the blink of an eye. Um, but that is what is fascinating, isn't it? That, uh, you know, we're having to do this against the clock. It's like running in quicksand they, because the, the club needs saving. It's like running up a, a muddy hill in sand shoes. You keep slipping backwards. And, and time is not on our side. To be truthful, when new owners come in, they require time in the short time. We haven't got any because we're three points adrift now and have started a run-in 12 games up to January the 1st when the transfer window opens and we must, must please be in touch still with the pack. And how do we get results in those times? All right, the optimistic mood has completely changed because the two main people the crowd were against, Ashley and Bruce, have gone. But the same back fours, eh? They'd have let 19 goals in in eight games. Uh, the same inept midfield, eh? Thankfully, the same forwards are there, Wilson in, in some maximum, but they need feeding. And the games coming up are really, really tough. Well, even the game against Palace, when you look at their four options, oh. is not pleasant for Newcastle. They, they performed really well against Arsenal. We will get on to that. And I just want to ask you, I know Amanda Staveley, the new owners, were very, very busy on Sunday, John, and you were amongst a lot of famous faces. Rob Lee was there. Oh, I was uh, the only one I didn't recognise. <laughs> <laughs> Did you manage to have a little word? Did you get um, introduced at all? It was very, very... De- I mean, I was inundated with requests from people to talk to Newcastle United about this, that and the other on their behalf. I've even had Miradina, bless him, on tours from Brazil asking if I can let Amanda Stavely know something which is going to remain private. And no, it's not the idea. He can come and play centre-forward alongside Callum Wilson. But, I mean, that's the sort of reaction there's been. Speaking to a lot of her people, the whole situation. I mean, it was a day for her in the main to try to enjoy and to try to spread camaraderie, etc., etc. And in the main, it was very successful from that situation. But the hard work starts now. It's also easy, Andrew, to take a big sledgehammer and knock a wall down, i.e. Ashley and Bruce. It's a little bit more difficult to rebuild a new one. And, and that's what we've got to do now. And the important thing now is a manager and new players in January. And the manager is important and it has to be as quick as it's possible to do without rushing it and making the wrong decision. Because working under a caretaker manager produces, whoever that caretaker is, produces uncertainty that is first and foremost in the players' minds. Well, this guy's in charge at Palace, but is he in charge against uh, Chelsea? And after Chelsea, will it be the next game? Is he going from game to game? Or is he in charge until January? And the uncertainty of the situation, the same as the uncertainty of Bruce's departure, uh, does not help the dressing room. It'll be okay this Saturday, but it can't go on for too long. Well, we'll get on to who may replace him. I think on that, though, John, the question of uncertainty 
The good thing is, is that Amanda Stavely and her husband were down at the training ground. They told the players in person, which is excellent. I mean, my gosh, he never did that big decisions, did he, to my no. memory? So that was excellent. And you would imagine, I mean, we don't know exactly what was said, but you would imagine some sort of plan would have been laid out in front of the players so they can have a little bit of certainty that, you know, this isn't just Steve Bruce leaving. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen fast. From what we understand, you know, a new manager probably will be uh, in place yep. next week for that Chelsea game at home sellout which again will be brilliant the war flags are already planning something else so it's all it's got that ingredients of something very very special because i think that's what was missing from the spurs game was the atmosphere prior and for the first 10 minutes of course newcastle scored was absolutely brilliant but then it got flat there was no anger it just got no, flat and that was no. very concerning i think when you get to the stage where anger is not even the first feeling it's just apathy then you are in trouble um and obviously Bruce is gone because it was it was a dismal display. But of course, it wasn't just that display, was it, John? It was no. the last two years have been oh. absolutely die. And we were talking off camera about some of or off mic about some of the reactions to yes. Steve Bruce's exit. A lot of managers have come out and said they've co- rightly called out the abuse that Steve Bruce did receive from some. You know, personal abuse not acceptable in society, let alone football. You know, he's an experienced manager. He deserves some respect. I think the owners have shown him that as well. But it's a minority, I feel, who have gone too far. And in large, those who criticised remained respectful. They just criticised the questionable tactics, the the one solid defence which became leaky, the plan A, the only plan to give it to St Maxim and hope he does something. And of course, the form, seven wins in 38, no wins this season. I think it's uh, five times have gone on a winless run of more than four or five games in a row. All these oh, things. I mean, it, it, the... It's been a nonsense, some of the um, reception and comment there's been nationally, not locally. And I take objection to that on behalf of the Newcastle fans because the Newcastle fans have been painted as though they've hounded out a top, top manager. Um, Untrue. Uh, They're desperate for the Newcastle manager to be a success. Uh, it was obvious he wasn't being. All these people that are saying how terrible the Newcastle fans are and how it's this... I read somewhere it's the saddest sacking, uh, and that word was used in the piece, that there's been and will be this season. Um, why? Mainly because he, he's an honest-to-goodness good guy. But outside of that, this business that's been perpetuated, that he's been hounded in this, that and the other... There's no question whatsoever that in this modern day and age, social media can be very vindictive, can be nasty, but not just to Steve Bruce, to anybody in any walk of life. It is that medium. It produces the trolls coming out the woodwork and really being viciously awful to people. But that is part of 2021. Take that out of the equation. The Newcastle fans didn't go with sheets up to his house and hanging them that has happened elsewhere, hanging them outside the house saying, Bruce must go, they haven't walked through the, the, the town with coffins with his name on and all the sort of stuff we've had in the past. And let us be truthful, Steve Bruce had an easy ride from the Newcastle fans. Why? Because they weren't in the crowd last season. The the crowd, the ground was empty. So what's all this abuse business? The 
the ground was empty as Newcastle went through 22 or 26 matches with two wins. I mean, he was longer at Newcastle United than any manager would have a right to think that the sack could have easily come half a dozen times. It could have come at Brighton last season when every single person, and I think deep downside that would include Steve Bruce, thought it would. What did Ashley do? Phone up immediately and say it's not going to happen. Why is it not going to happen? Because there's a huge payoff, which would have been his payoff then, and... Um, he would have had to go out and get a new manager, which, seeing as he was disinterested in the club, would it would have been bad. So I cannot accept um, that that he has been particularly badly done to outside of social media, who who hammers everybody that breathes on social media gets hammered. So that is part of life, sadly. Um, but no, I I think it was long overdue. It's come. And there's a great consolation of £8 million. I would also like to say that the official statement is that he's gone by mutual consent, and that is very nice. And as a chairman at a very small level of football in the past, uh, I've negotiated deals with managers where that has been agreed. But all I would say is that if it is by mutual consent... He had stated every day that he got up and drew breath that he would never quit at Newcastle United because he wasn't a quitter. Uh, a lot of fans felt it was because he wanted to protect a payoff, but he said he would never leave, he would never quit. So all of a sudden he went in and, and said to them, did he, oh, I, I would love to go because this isn't working out and I want to do the best for Newcastle United. Will, can we come to a mutual agreement? He left, and by the way, did he say after Spurs, I'm going to continue to work and just wait until I'm told differently by the people up top? We'll all make up our mind what really happened, but uh, the bottom line, it doesn't matter. Steve Bruce has left, Mike Ashley's left. It's a new era, but yeah, important to call out that abuse because it's just got no place in this oh, game. No, that is absolutely shocking, but it happens to everybody. Yeah, But in general... Take out social media. He got an easy run did, through, did. through COVID. I think it's important that those people on national platforms, uh, they can call it out, but also they have to face the reality that Steve Bruce just did a pretty dire job. I know a how, lot of people... How many of them were PR, Andrew, and watched Newcastle every well, game they played? That's the point, isn't it? They, they, they see the, the, the final table of the season, or they see the result, or they see match of the day. They don't see 90 minutes... Of football, they don't no. watch the full press conferences, which Newcastle United fans do because they're so obsessed with their club. So they don't see the sure. full picture; they see a kind of a, a alternative picture in many ways, and that's how Bruce has come out with their uh, well, yeah, a lot of people backing him. Um, on to the names who may replace him. Uh, Paolo Honesca is the is the leading candidate. Reports yeah. that he's set to be offered a six million pound deal to come into to Newcastle. He had talks about the Spurs job last season. Do you know much about him, I'll be honest, other than he talked no. to Spurs and he was the ex-Roma boss? I know very little about no. him. I, I think foreign managers that have not um, managed in this country, like Conte did, for example, and are not Pep, before Pep come to Manchester City, we knew all about him because of Barcelona, because of Bayern Munich, because of the great player that he was. We will not know about, if it happens to be Fonseca, whether we will make up our mind whether he's a good manager or not when we see him not on reputation, and 
he will be given, or whoever gets a job, every chance by Newcastle United fans because they are desperate to see Newcastle win. He will get the backing, whoever the he is, of the crowd. Absolutely no question whatsoever. We can speculate all day long. Um, and, I mean, I was very much part, because I was with the Magpie group, of the last exciting takeover that produced Kevin Keegan and took us from the brink of the third division to the second top of the Premier League. There wasn't a more controversial appointment possible than Kevin Keegan, who had never managed in his life, who had spent seven years playing golf in Spain, um, who appeared to be out of touch with what was happening in this country, come in and was charismatic, was a pie piper, we just took off, so we don't know what's going to happen. So you advocating Stephen Taylor to come in then and take over? No, I'm certainly not. <laughs> uh, no, thank you very much. No, shall I me or be? And I'm certainly not advocating someone who's been advocated this morning, which is Sam Allardyce. No, I've seen can, that. Can you imagine if Sam Allardyce took over announced next week as manager of Newcastle United all the feel-good factor that come with the departure of Mike Ashley and Steve Bruce would disappear with Newcastle United fans if you brought Sam Allardyce back. One of the few things that, that Ashley did right, according to Newcastle United fans, I suspect, would be getting was when he got rid of Allardyce. Yeah, some talk about an interim manager, but we understand it will be a long-term manager. Whoever comes in is the man who's going to be If he comes in. in for a day, it's a day too long. Yeah. Um, I mean, other names, John, who have been strongly linked is Martinez and, and Eddie Howe. Yeah. Those two over the, the, the Portuguese chap. Well, I mean, obviously, we've all got our own choices. We said last week, well, I said last week, I would love Potter in charge, but it's yeah, not going to happen. you did. So yeah. it looks like it will be one of these three. I mean, out of those three names mentioned, who stands out for you? Um, probably the one that doesn't would be Eddie Howe, who I think is a, a decent young manager. Uh, did a wonderful job at Bournemouth, taking them from the fourth division to regular in the Premier League. Um, but a different ball game. Bournemouth, you know, you're going to be grateful for survival. And that's what we've had for 14 years, grateful for survival. We'll want a bit more than that. And he only had 10,000 fans to, to uh, appreciate, and they went down the end. And the one time he moved out his comfort zone at Bournemouth, he went to Burnley and it didn't quite work. So, no, I mean, uh, Graham Jones must be pushing every day for it to be Martinez because uh, they, they've been a successful partnership from Belgium to Wigan to Everton, all over the place. And it would be a perfect fit from that point of view. And he does play front, front foot football. Um, the one uncomfortable thing you can say outside of an FA Cup win, which was unbelievable fairy tale with Wigan, he doesn't win trophies. He wins hearts in minds with the football he plays, but even with Belgium. Belgium are, are, are like the the golden generation of England players. Expected to win something and never do. Um, but let's just wait and see who comes in. Um, in the meantime, the fans have every right to have their fun and speculate till the cows come home because that's part of the entertainment of it all, isn't it? It's exciting, though, to see these Carabao managers linked, you know, whereas before, if Steve Bruce had gone last January, February, March, when he, when he should have gone in the first place, you probably would have been looking at someone like, I know I think Aldice went to West Brom in the end, or you would have been looking at someone of that level. And here we have at least two, I know Eddie Howe splits opinion a little bit. We have two 
well-respected managers at a, is a high level. Eddie Power is very well-respected, but he's not at the level of Martinez or Fasekha. So it's, it's great to see these names being linked. And Conte as well. I know Conte's probably won for three or four years down the line, but, you know, it, it, a serious name being linked because of the money Newcastle have got. Well, yes, it's a totally different ball game to yeah. anything we would have expected. I mean, when we had Mike Ashley... Uh, he gives McLaren, Joe Kinnear, Steve Bruce, Pardew, even though he got his fifth for the majority of the time, well disliked and got lucky a couple of times with Chris Hutton and, um, and Rafa. But uh, no, this is taken to a different level. But as you quite rightly say, this is stepping stones. The guy that gets appointed next week, next month, whenever it comes, will not be the guy that'll win the Champions League if we do that, or the Premier League if we do that, in between five and ten years' time. Because a manager will take us from where we are now to seventh or whatever, and then the managers that win the Champions League wouldn't come to Newcastle now. They'd come yeah. to Newcastle in four years' I mean, time. There's a lot of comparison with Man City, and we're, we are going to get onto the Crystal Palace game, I do promise you guys that. But a lot of comparison with how Man City started. Mark Hughes was given a bit of time. He got to spend some of that money. I know it was rather quick in the way the takeover happened. Would would it be fair to say the manager who comes in at Newcastle in the you know the next few days, next few weeks, is going to be the the Mark Hughes uh, stepping stone that was at Man City before Mancini came in? He's going to be a, a stepping stone if he turns out to be a stepping stone as good as Kevin Keegan was when he came to Newcastle. Then he'll take us all the way. Although it must be said, Kevin was one step off the ultimate, which was actually winning some silverware. We must win some silverware this time, for goodness sake. And we could win some silver stone, uh, silverware with whoever comes in next week because you're talking about the FA Cup and the League Cup. And we are quite capable of winning that with a change in January and in next summer of personnel. And just a final question on the manager. When you look at Newcastle United, John, and the way they've been playing, the defence is all over the shop. Plan is to give it St. Maximum the midfield, look off the pace, there's too much gap between the midfield and the defence. We could go on at all the flaws in this Newcastle yeah. United squad. Yeah. Would a new manager look at that and they'll think, well, that's fixable, that's fixable. Like, has it all just been down to bad coaching and bad management from the previous manager? And I, I know his staff are still there, so it would be interesting to see who survives that when the new manager comes in. Very is few, it, is it ingrained? Is, is there an actual proper underlying problem that can only be fixed by going out in January and spending a load of money? Well, if if you're talking about putting it right permanently, without January, it can't be done. If January didn't come along with a transfer window attached to it, Newcastle United would go down this season. Because you couldn't play the whole season, for example, with that defence and stay up. 19 goals in, in eight games. I mean, honest to goodness, we went 1-0 up against against Spurs, with all the feel-good factor in the ground, all the Bonhamie, the new owners leaping up and down in the director's box, Wilson, the ultimate hero, does it yet again. We're set up. By half-time, we're 3-1 down. Why? Because the defence have no idea what's happening behind them, to the side of them, people running off them. They are easy pickings. If we have to go with them all season, and by the way, I'm not just talking about the four that was in. We've tried all the rest as well. They're all much of a muchness. And why? Because they were the championship defence from Rafa's team and the three and four years older. So they need to be 
replaced. There needs to be... Dummett could well be a help in there because he's the best defender in the club. If if he's fitting well and, and he has enough match practice, he can be a help. There's no question about that. But we need to get some support. But yes, to the first question, what we've got can be better organised and, and therefore be tighter and therefore keep us afloat. But only keep us afloat to January, not keep us afloat to May. The devil's out of kit, and I promise you guys this will be the last time we, we mention Steve Bruce. But <laughs> those who support Steve Bruce, listening to what you've just said, talk about that championship defence, you know, it needed investment. He didn't get that in terms of getting the chance to improve the defence. So his supporters may listen to what you said, John, go, well, isn't that Steve Bruce's uh, defence in, in how bad the job went? You know, that his defence on the pitch was still the same defence that was there four or five years ago. No. It's the, it's the biggest condemnation of Steve Bruce you can get. Steve Bruce was a top, top class centre-half at Manchester United that won everything. He should know automatically what is required at the, at the back. What did he do to try to, to stem the tide? Nothing. Outside of, was it Shaw or Kraft, was the only people that came into the club, he didn't go out and get centre-halves. He, he dallied and dillied and talked, can we get Holden from uh, Arsenal on loan and can we do this and can we do that? And then you put square pegs in, in round holes and you, you play Kraft a full-back at centre-half, you, you play Hayden the midfield at centre-half, you play Richie an attacking winger at left-back and got... It was embarrassing. He's such a lovely lad. It was embarrassing what happened to him against Spurs. Uh, right back, he just does absolutely anything. He had two and a bit years to get the balance right, would you talk about, and didn't appear to most fans to do much about getting it right, apart from regularly switching from a four to a five and back to a four. And none of that made any difference in plugging the holes. So I think what has happened with the Newcastle defence, can it be given as an excuse for Steve Bruce, but as a condemnation? You saw it for two and a half years, and what did you do about it? Answer, very little. We'll now get on to the Crystal Palace game. Newcastle head down to Selhurst Park. John, they've got a terrible record down there. I think it's 1-6 the one that was last season. They won the game 2-0. Awful. Down just in London in general, they're awful. So yeah. the stats are against them. But I guess with Graham Jones in charge, uh, you know, the, I think we're expecting a little bit of a bounce, but I think we'll probably see a little bit of personnel change as well. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Jamal Lewis came back in the side top, a bit more defensive on the, on the left-hand side. Is there anything you're expecting in terms of personnel formation that might change? Well, I'm expecting change because if, if Mr. Jones doesn't produce change, then he looks as if he's not his own man, uh, he looks as if he's just a clone of what has gone before, and he isn't that. So what is, it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be fascinating almost before balls kick. The team sheet is going to be as much revealing as anything else. The team sheet at two o'clock. And then the tactics that are played during the match, which we'll see in the first quarter of an hour. How the back lines up, uh, how much we try to get forward. Do you play Gale alongside Wilson? Uh, do you... Who do you put at the centre of the defence? Do you bring Lewis back? 
does Fraser, who's got nowhere near the team, Fraser was signed because of the supply line he had with Callum Wilson at Bournemouth, and yet it never been put in as a starter alongside with to provide that uh, that again. Um, so there will be, does Joe Linton stay, does uh, John Joe Shelby can't because of, because of this stupid, Pity of the Spurs game, but there will be changes uh, in personnel, and there will be changes in tactics, and there needs to be. It's funny you mentioned the stupidity of John Joe Shelby. I thought he was. I didn't think he was the one that was going to get sent off. I thought Hayden was was looking likely. I thought Joe Linton. I mean, Joe Linton probably should have been sent off. In all fairness, after he threw the ball down because it just been booked. I thought there were several players who were walking a very, very fine line because and I think that just spoke about the need for change. You could see players were arguing. You could see players were having more than a strong word with one another. Reports to the national media that there was a bust up in the tunnel. You could see the need for change. And I think Graham Jones coming in obviously just offers a bit of... It's like the reset button in many ways. And he knows that at most he's got probably maybe the Chelsea game. Let's, you know, he's probably got that Chelsea game at most to impress. Yeah. So... Why wouldn't he just go all out? Because this, in many ways, John, is a chance for him. He's on it's the world. It's a free hit. Yeah, he's and got it, nothing to lose. It's the biggest stage for him to say, "Do you know what? Okay, I didn't have the best time at Luton, but look, give me a chance here." And whoever's watching, you know, the next team to sat their manager. You know, if he presses our Palace and then he gets another shot against Chelsea, if Newcastle, it's a free call. shot, yeah. Andrew. He hasn't got. He hasn't got a thing to lose because yeah. he's not going to get the job permanently here because they're going to bring in their own guy. So if he loses. Two games, Palace and, and and Chelsea, and then goes. People say, well, phew, they were tough games anyway, and he was only caretaker. It won't damage his reputation. Mm. If he wins them, it'll do considerable. Uh, and it may also persuade the new manager coming in that he can be a vital part of his backroom staff, and Graham Jones could stay here. Um, it It is a free hit. But, you know, the one thing that worries me, on the surface, Newcastle have a... Don side better chance of winning at Palace than they have winning at home to Chelsea. Because Chelsea are top, top draw, and that's going to be a, a heck of a game. But you know what? Palace worry me. If you look at Palace's record this season since Patrick Vieira went, they might have only won one game, but they've only lost two. And I think the two they lost was Chelsea and Liverpool off the top of my head. I'm terrified of Palace. But, you know, and and they've become the draw specialists. They haven't played a poor side yet. They haven't played a side down the... They would have been four points better off, but for a 95th-minute equaliser against Brighton, and you know how they've been playing. And then a 95th minute equaliser for Arsenal at their place. They would have had four points better off. If we are overdue our first win, they're overdue their second win because they've, play they've had the horrendous fixture list that's now coming into a decent one, whereas we've had an easy fixture list that's now coming into a horrendous one. I mean, do you realise, just, just once we play and get Palace out of the way, before the window opens, we play Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City, and Man United. That is as awesome Everton's as you can get. Everton's in there as well, aren't they? Then, no, that's the top level of, of the <laughs> big, big names. Next, the tricky dicky games. We'll play Brighton, good start the season. Brentford, good start the season. Leicester coming into form. And Rafa, who will know all about us and want to tuck us up. The two games that we can win 
home to Norwich, home to Burnley, will be terrified. Because if we don't get six points out of those two games, if we get four, then we are cut adrift. We must beat them. That is the fixture list after Palace before the transfer window opens. We cannot go to Palace and lose. If we go to Palace and lose, we may as well cut our own throat. We've got to go and draw and go and win. And they will be thirsty. They will be looking. Patrick Vieira will be saying to them, we've had a horrendous fixture list. We are better than our results have been. Our crowd know that. This is the ideal match for you to go and do something. That is a horrendous list. I was planning the Christmas throat the other day and I did note uh, just the kind of games Newcastle have got. So to hear them out loud from someone else just put the frighteners on you a bit. Um, just a bit. Based, I mean, Palace, obviously, Vieira was actually uh, interviewed for the job that before Steve Bruce got it by uh, Mike Ash or Lee Chorney, whoever was leading those mm. interviews. They've got some decent players. I mean, I was watching that Arsenal game and they, they should have won that well. game. They were very unfortunate. And, they played well. You know, you've always got that risk when you have got a team like Arsenal and you've got some really good players. But you look at the list of players Palace have got. I mean, Gallagher looks absolutely superior. I mean, if he's not in that Chelsea starting eleven well, next year... I was going to say, he's a Chelsea player, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Uh, you've got the, 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 the former Celtic striker, Edward, yeah. who just has hit the ground. Ben Teke's back. I mean... Yeah. Uh, yeah, Zaha's to come in. Yeah, we were, I'm not sure he was out injured. I'm not sure if he's going to be back. No, he, he was out with an illness. Was that what it was? And, and fingers... and when he come back from international duty, he came back ill. Oh right. And the odds were that he would get over the illness in time for Saturday. Of course, hopefully not. But, of course uh, he would. But uh, yes, so there's there's a possibility of him. But Ben Teke, I mean, a year ago, he couldn't hit the he couldn't hit the back joke. of the net for love and the a money. Joke. And but it gives I tell you what it does John gives Joe Linton a bit of hope. Does it? Well, if Ben Teke can come back and start finding the back of the net, Joe Linton can find the net. Well, Ben Teke was a good goal scorer before <laughs> he had the bad time, you know. If you look at his record, originally he scored goals. I mean, don't get me wrong, I hope Joe Linton goes on a run now where he's in double figures by the spring. But um, I'm not going to hold me breath. <laughs> I mean, we mentioned there the list of players. Is there anyone that stands out from that Palace side which you're, you're particularly worried about? Hmm... Not as an individual, they don't have... Uh, I mean, they, they don't... Gallagher, probably, but they don't have an individual that on his days is as good as a maximum. But collectively, they're good. Gallagher is absolutely outstanding. Uh, they're good going forward. They don't leak at the back. They're just an all-round decent side. Decent side. Not a great side, but a decent side. And they'll be thirsting. They need a victory. They'll be thirsting for a victory. But look, let's not sit here and build up Palace because it is tough. I'm hoping that Newcastle build up themselves because you know what I was disappointed with against Spurs? I was disappointed with the players. Forget the boost factor. Take boost out of this. I was disappointed with the players. There was a feel-good factor all week about Ashley. The build-up had been marvellous. The build-up was positive. Can you imagine what the build-up would have been like with Spurs if it was Ashley and Bruce and they'd just drawn at Watford and lost to Wolves? I mean, the build-up was positive. Everybody had a smile on their face. The flags were back. They were worn up in two minutes. And what were they from that period to half-time and in the second half? A shambles. And if they can't be lifted, 
by that atmosphere to have a, a, a bigger stride. And you know what bothers me? Is mentally, some of these players are fragile. Their answer to a big crowd getting behind them, willing them on, being desperate for us to win, is to lose all that discipline. I'll show how much I care. I'll cut somebody off by their stocking tops. Yellow card, red card. Stupid. Do not do that. I've known players all my life, and I knew them when I was at Gates, all my life, to think the way that I'll impress the crowd or the owner or the manager or whatever, I'll show what a tough guy I am. I'll show I care because I'll go in with a tackle that's flying all over the shop. No, you want cold-eyed players. You want clever players. Focus. Yeah, you don't want... And I mean, that is typical Shelby. He's a walking card. His answer to to any problem where the the tide's going in the opposite direction to Newcastle United is to scythe people down or somebody's going to get away from him because he, he's too slow to catch a cold, so he just whacks him. Um, but there's other players that, that, that wanted to show they were desperate Dan because it would the crowd would love that. We've got to get rid of that. And the boost of the, the, the new owners wasn't enough on its own for that match. We've got the extra boost with... Steve Bruce now. But you know what terrifies me, Andrew? The same players that have let us down match after match after match this season, our immediate future is in their hands. And that's what frightens me more than Crystal Palace frightened me. Let's do, or let's finish as we normally do then, John, on how the game (laughs) is going to end. I keep promising people that I will go back and tot up who is leading our leaderboard yep. in terms of predictions? I haven't done it yet. I don't. I don't think any of us. I think we've maybe got one right a piece, have we? No, I've got more than that. Have you? Well, Two, probably that's all. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, no. But we don't know. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen on Saturday because we don't know what's going. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Andrew, for Saturday, I can see all three results. My my head tells me that Newcastle are going to lose because man for man. They have a much better team. Man for man, they're better than us. And collectively, they're better than us. And I kinda, I'm kind i waking up with nightmares of watching that defence in the first 45 minutes against Spurs. Um, so my head tells me we're going to lose. My heart tells me we're going to win because the feel-good factor surely was up 50% against them. It's got to be up 100% for this game and that should be enough to get us through. The obvious answer is they're going to draw because Palace let people draw and, and, and we're, we're, we're going to draw. Um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It's a very difficult one because how long has uh, Graham Jones had to work on the defence? He's a front foot coach. He was a centre forward. He's good at organising things to go forward. When we had him, when he first came and he organised the result at Everton by the way we played up top, etc., etc. He's good at organising up top. Can he organise the back? Because the other two coaches, Agnew and Clements, were all part of the Bruce syndrome that was organising the team for the last two years and the back door was not closed. The first thing we've got to do down there, and it sounds crazy, is make certain the back door's closed. Yeah. We can't have Wilson and or Gale and or San Maximum scoring twice and losing 4-2 
Well, that's my issue. I think just because the defence is so leaky and it doesn't matter how long Jim, Graham Jones has had, even if he's been leading the training for the past few weeks while Bruce has been still in charge technically, well, it hasn't worked, has it? So I do fear uh, collectively Palace up top. I think they've got a lot of good players. I can see Newcastle getting beat. My heart would say high-scoring 3-2 win to Newcastle because of the, the, the confidence of getting that clarity that Bruce has gone, the, mm. the, the, you know, mm. the promise that a manager of high quality is going to be in the next couple of weeks will boost the players. But then you have the pressure that Newcastle really do need to win this game. It's an interesting one. I could play it safe and go for a draw, but I'm, I, uh, I'm unf- ah, yeah, sorry, I'm going to have to go for a defeat. Well, to be truthful, if it wasn't for the change of Steve Bruce, I would say this is the biggest knocking bet for a defeat that's possible because, yeah. uh, and I would really, really take that. But when I look at what is to come, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, dear, oh dear, oh dear, we've got to, got to get something. And the only hope in getting something for me is a draw. I don't see Newcastle winning. Um, but I don't want to be a dampener because I've been a dampener for two and a bit years. Ah, screw it. Shall we just right? We'll both say they're going to win and we'll be done with it, right? That's it. We'll, yeah, we'll say we want them to win and Jordy's <laughs> like the hard to rule ahead. So let's pray that's it. Realistically, we know we're up against it. Thank you for coming on to the match preview as always, John. To you guys listening, please remember to like and subscribe or follow if you're on iTunes because they've changed it from subscribe to follow. Wherever you get your podcast from, it's totally free to subscribe. It just means every time we upload a new episode, you'll get a notification to say it's there and you can put us straight into your ears. And please remember to share the podcast amongst your Newcastle friends and family and head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news.